Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for joining us. The topic of today's message brings us face to face with the most imposing question of our lives. What will our answer be? Will we consistently stand up for Jesus Christ no matter what the cost to us? Or would we choose self-preservation at any cost to our Lord and Savior? Will we risk eternal life with him? Listen as Pastor Rander shares with us the eternal cost of washing our hands of our Savior. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. And more importantly, they couldn't think biblically because they did not have the word in them. They weren't governed by the scripture. They were governed by their emotion. And it's dangerous, my friend, to live on your emotions. You cannot trust your emotions. You cannot trust your feelings. You know, you know, you can don't listen, it's dangerous when you go around saying, I feel like I'm saved. Well, what happens when you have a bad day? Your salvation experience is not based on a feeling, it is based on your position in Jesus Christ. Oh God. Oh God, help me. Elf, hate blinds you from the truth. You you can hate so much until you can be blinded from the truth. Jesus spoke for words of eternal life, and yet he was so hated even though he spoke absolute truth. His words could not be received, which damned their own souls to hell. And Satan loves it when you hate because he knows the destructiveness as a result of your hate. And so when you reject the words of Jesus Christ, you damn your souls to hell. You say, where is that in the scripture? In Acts 13, 46. If you can turn there quickly, if not, just look at the screen. Acts 13, 46, it says, uh, Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, to the Jews. But since you reject it and judge, look, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Behold, we turn to the Gentiles. When, when people reject the words of God, when they reject the, the, the Bible, when they reject Jesus, they damn their souls to hell and they judge themselves unworthy of everlasting life. Well, ask God to deal with your hate. Some of you have been abused by somebody in your past. And every time the, thought of that, the thoughts of that experience come up, you, you're, you, 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 you hate. That's right. Some of you have been abused and you, know, you couldn't find, your daddy abandoned you, or your sister or brother betrayed you and all these things, and you hate. You hate. 
Some of you have a husband or wife that abandoned you and left you with the children, and therefore you hate my friend. Why, oh why, do you put yourself in a self-imposed prison? The gospel is liberating. We'll transition from the hate. Now, uh, some of us in this passage, we need to take note. Number four, the reason the crowd asked for Barabbas instead of Jesus is because Barabbas was just like they were. Did y'all get that? The reason the crowd asked for Barabbas instead of Jesus is because Barabbas was just like they were. In other words, Barabbas was a thief. Barabbas was a rebel. Barabbas was a murderer. And Barabbas' presence did not disturb that crowd. But when they looked at Jesus... When they looked at the life of Jesus, the character of Jesus, the holiness of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus disturbed their wickedness and Jesus' life exposed their hate. See, they give us Barabbas. He's one of us. He's one of us. We don't want Jesus because his righteousness convicts them. That's why some folks don't, don't want to hang around you. Because how you live disturbed them. That's why you can't run with folk that God has saved you from. That's why folk walk away from you because they can't stand the holiness of God upon you. The righteousness of God upon you. And they begin to treat you funny. And they begin to mistreat you and say all kinds of names. It's because of Jesus being all over your life. And your life exposes their deeds of wickedness. Oh God. Verse 20. Verse 20 says, but the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Number five, even today, there are many people who have championed the cause of wickedness and sexual perversion while at the same time being intolerant and even persecuting those who attempt to promote family values, holiness, and righteousness. Did you get that? Even today, there are so many people who have championed the cause of wickedness. They championed the cause of perversion, while at the same time being intolerant and even persecuting those who attempt to promote family values, those who try to promote holiness and live righteousness. They despise such persons. Verses 21 and 22 in the text says, The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas! Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? They all said to him, let him be crucified. Number six, buckle your seatbelts. Refuse to follow the crowd or be a crowd pleaser. That's what Pilate did. Pilate followed the crowd. He was a crowd pleaser. And I submit to you today, my friends, it is incumbent upon all of us to refuse 
to follow the crowd or be a crowd pleaser. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Talking about Pilate didn't have enough backbone. He did not have his own mind and could not will himself to do the right thing. Because, because in verse 26, it says, Then Pilate released Barabbas, you know, the evil notorious one to them. And when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified, even though Pilate knew the truth about Jesus. Oh, beloved, those who follow crowds, those who ride on the wave of emotions, those who follow the majority, are destined for defeat, distress, and disaster. What kind of person are you? Are you the head? Or are you the tail? Do people lead you by the nose and you, you jump off the bridge because everybody else is jumping off the bridge? Or do you have your mind, own mind for Christ and say, I'm not doing that. That's not right. You see, those who follow crowds, ride on the waves of emotions, follow the majority, are destined for defeat, distress, and disaster. And you know what? I don't believe all the pilots are gone. I believe we got some pilots in the house today. I ain't no pilot. Let's check you out. Let's have a pilot inventory or survey. Will you vote biblically or will you follow the crowd and vote the media and the people's choice? Huh? Do you vote the way everybody else is saying vote? You vote, you vote, you vote the media. Do you vote on charisma and niceness and prettiness and handsomeness? Or do you vote righteously in that booth to the glory of Almighty God? Do you have any backbone in the booth? As we continue today's message, Pastor Randall reminds us that no matter what the children of God face in this life, evil will not prevail. Christ will prevail. As Christians, we should not be surprised as evil continuously increases. God told us in his word it would. In the midst of these evil days, we must remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Keep listening and have Bible, pen, and paper handy. I believe that there are some pilots in the house today. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful thing to want to go out and march and speak up, but I pose a question to you. Where were you on the national day of prayer at city council? When there was a global day of prayer and we were praying for the world, where were you then? We must wait on the Lord and not follow the crowd. We must not destroy things. We must not go back to the days of Rodney King and the days of riots. We must not be media-driven or personality-driven, but God-driven. You must have your own mind, even though folk don't like you because of the way you think. I don't care about folk not liking me because of the way I think. My heart 
heart's fixed and my mind's made up. I ain't going to be political correct. I'm going to follow Jesus. Where are the pilots in the house? Oh, God, will you seek to please and glorify God? Or will you seek to follow the, multi the multitudes and buy a mega million dollar lottery ticket? Some of you got an outdated ticket in your pocket. Won't even tithe and let the state get the Lord's money. The Bible says you ought to work by the sweat of your brow. If a man and man don't work, don't let him eat. You ought to stop waiting around trying to win the big one. You need to trust God and live by faith and not by sight. Where are the pilots in the house? <laughs> will you, will you tattoo up your body? Mutilate your body with body piercing all in your tongues and in your noses and navels and private parts, which is the Lord's temple? Or will you honor the Lord's body by keeping it clean? If you have a tattoo today and repented of it, go and sin no more. I believe there are some pilots in the house. Will you follow the culture and your friends and have loads of premarital and extramarital sex because everybody's doing it, it's being glamorized, or will you abstain and live holy to the glory of God? Will you be a one woman's man or will you be a womanizer or a manizer? I believe there are some pilots in the house. Will you follow the crowd and cheat on your taxes? Or will you be a man and woman of integrity? In other words, all the pilots are not gone. This tax time is coming up real soon. And I wonder how many are fudging with the pencil to position yourselves to not owe Caesar. Won't y'all say amen? Oh, y'all got, y'all dried up. <laughs> y'all dried up. Tell me the word of God. You don't have to make the word of God relevant. It is relevant. So the question I pose to you today, beloved, is what will you do with Jesus? I'm going to run through these for the sake of time. What will you do with Jesus? Number one, will you reject him? Matthew 27, 21 says, the governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. They rejected Jesus and took Barabbas. Will you reject him? Number two, what will you do with Jesus? Will you hate him? John's Gospel of John 7 and 7 says, the world can, cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. Will you hate Christ? What are you going to do with Jesus? Will you mock Christ, as did the crowd, 
in Matthew 27, 28 through 31, it says, And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they spat on him. That's mocking. You, you want to feel like to be spat, spit upon? And took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. What mockery of our Lord. Will you mock him? Number four, will you forsake him? Will you forsake Christ? Matthew 26, 20, 26 50. 56b says, then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Will you forsake him when, when you need to be standing for him? Number five, will you betray him? Matthew 26, 14 through 16 says, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? Look at that devil. I mean, he ate with Jesus. Huh? Slept with Jesus, received benefits from the miracles from Jesus, and look what he's saying in his cons conspiratorial way. What will you give me if I deliver Jesus to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. It's a bad thing when you are betrayed by those closest to you. Betray. Betrayal is a horrible thing. And here, one of Jesus' own disciples betrays him for money. Let me ask you a question. What's your price? What's your price? What, what price would you sell Jesus out for? <laughs> What's your price? 30 pieces of silver. What's yours? What's yours? Do you have a price that you will sell and betray Jesus for? Number six, will you deny Christ? In Luke 22, 56, 22, 56 through 62, it says, And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him, but he denied him, saying, Woman! I do not know him. Verse 58, and after a little while, another saw him and said, you also are of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Verse 59, then after about an hour had passed, another confidently firm saying, surely this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I, 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 I do not know what you're saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Will you deny Jesus to the point you don't speak up when his name is being slung, washed through the mud, slung through the mud. You don't, you too, you're too ashamed to pray before him, before the Lord. You won't speak up in the midst of the crowds. 
Which leads me to number seven. Will you be ashamed of Christ? Will you be ashamed of Christ? Luke 9, 26 says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. In other words, you're going to be ashamed of Jesus. He says, when I come, I'm going to be ashamed of you. Ashamed of you. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's no time for us to be ashamed of Jesus. Everybody's coming out of the closet and Christians are in the closet, but we need to stand up and occupy and be accounted for and not be ashamed to suffer persecution for the name of Jesus Christ. Folk are having parades in perversion while we stay in the house of God in a holy huddle and folk take 15 years before they come to realization that you're a Christian. Number eight, will you believe on Jesus? Acts 16.31 says, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. It is in the name of Jesus that salvation comes. Will you trust Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1, 9 and 10 says, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from the great, from, a, from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Do you trust him enough to not to depend on yourself and your friends, to depend on money and Depend on pleasure. Uh, do you trust him enough to trust him in spite of what folks say, in spite of what folks do to you? Number 10, will you love Christ? Mark 12, 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. How much do you love Jesus? God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you, but do you so love Jesus that you give yourself for him. Number 11, will you obey Christ? John, Gospel of John 14, 21 says, He who has my commandments and keep them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved of my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Will you obey Christ? Will you obey him from your salvation to death? You are going to seek to pursue a life of obedience. Number 12, will you witness for Christ? Acts 1 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Will you witness for Jesus wherever you go? You are going to be a witness for him. Listen, will you serve Christ? Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You say you are saved, then where is your service? Where is your service? Your service, you don't, you, now, now you don't serve to be saved, you serve because you are saved. Your service Evidence is the fact that you are in Christ and you, and you bear fruits through the service. Number 14, will you surrender to Christ? Luke 9, 23 says, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Surrender. Lord, here's my hands. Do your will. Here are my feet. Feet. 
to, to walk in your path. Hear my eyes to see your agenda. Hear my ears to hear your voice. Father, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Father, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Father, help me to surrender. Because when I surrender, then and only then can my life be a living sacrifice to you and your glory. But finally, but not the least, will you procrastinate on your decision to receive Christ today? Will you procrastinate on your decision to receive Christ today? Luke chapter 9, verses 59 through 62 is a very profound text there. Luke 9, 59 through 62, it says, Then he said to, to one another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach the, the kingdom of God. Verse 61, and another, and another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but you got to watch those buts when it comes to following Jesus. But you can butt God out of your life. Watch the buts. Watch the buts. Watch the buts. He said, he said, but let me first go and bid them farewell, my relatives who are at my house. Verse 62 says, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Listen, as I close this message, inherit in this ultimate question, what shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? is a choice. Inherit in this question is a choice. You say, what's the choice? It's a choice that each of us has to make between good and evil. Huh? Every day you have that choice. You, you have, what, what are you going to do with Jesus? That question has inherent within it a choice between light and darkness. There's a choice between God and Satan. And there's a choice between life and death. Beloved, which will you choose? What then shall you do with Jesus who is called the Christ? And all God's children said. With each passing day, we are faced with choices between good and evil. The choices we make determine our standing with God. Hopefully, we grow in our faith. We are stronger today than when we were yesterday and will be stronger tomorrow than when we are today. God gives us the freedom to choose. What will we choose to do? If you enjoyed this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. 